Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Keeping you informed and inspired, we have another great program this morning. Good morning. How was your day? You know what I failed to do yesterday? I totally failed to mention the O antiphons. Today is the second of the seven. O Adonai, O sacred Lord of ancient Israel, who showed yourself to Moses in the burning bush, who gave him the holy law on Sinai Mountain, come, stretch out your mighty hand to set us free. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Great program. Good morning to you. Uh, uh, Fran Fawcett is back in the uh, volunteer seat. Good, Good morning. morning. Good morning, Joe. I wasn't, you know, two days in a row at <laughs> O Dark 30. I'm, I'm really impressed so far. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> and when is Emily returning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, praise be to Jesus. We're very grateful to you. So we have a whole other uh, round of uh, breaking news and stories coming up with Fran. And then, of course, Adrian's on the ones and twos, as I like to say. Good morning, ones Adrian. Twos. I uh, still haven't had, don't know exactly from experimental knowledge of what that is, but now I kind of have an idea. The ones and two, it's a reference to DJs. Come on. How, how, you can't, you can't be that young. You don't know what that means. 98, man. 98. <laughs> In 1998, I was doing DJ work, actually. In 98, you became Catholic. We've been Catholic the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I was a late-in-life convert. Anyway, all right, so praise be to God. Uh, we, on today's program, we're going to talk with Stephen Mosier from the Population Research Institute about all things China. China is on the march, not only in the American political sphere. We've heard a lot about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, and they've actually, I think it was uh, on Fox News, they found another... Uh, uh, email exchange about Joe Biden being involved in some of those deals uh, in China. So there's all of that. But did you know that Australia is having major issues with China? They're actually talking about ramping up military strength and force to be able to defend themselves as uh, China is holding 70 ships filled with coal captive in their harbors, refusing to unload them, refusing to let the sailors off. They've been stuck there for, in some cases, uh, more than five months now straight on on the boat. Um, and to the point where this coal was meant for powering uh, fa- electricity. And now elect- this is shutting down and people are getting colder by the day. I mean, it's an insane story. Uh, we'll be talking about that. Plus, of course, the uh, latest updates on persecution in China against Christians. Stephen Mosier from Population Research Institute and the author of The Bully of Asia will be on with us. Uh, Bree Dale is going to sh- join us in the What's Concerning Us section uh, to give us an update on news from Italy, as well as uh, on the, the latest uh, issue over Vigano and Bishop Sticka's issue over the masks. We'll talk all about that with with Bree Dale. And then in the next hour, if you can join us in the next hour, we'll have another Catholic trivia game show. That's always a lot of fun. Prizes are included in that. And then Teresa Kamara, our pro-life uh, uh, colleague, is going to be on the program to give us the latest and greatest on the pro-life front. So all of that on today's Catholic Drive Time. So much to discuss, plus saying of the day and so much more. Let's begin with prayer. Let's draw our intentions together with whatever, whatever you have to face today, whatever you have to uh, to see to, seek after, whatever your needs are, materially, spiritually, physically, whatever they may be, please let's bring them together. I'm praying for our team here. I'm praying for our equipment, our, our broadcast today, and our radio apostolate uh, for God's grace and protection. And let's whisper these intentions in the ear of our, our, into our lady, that she may whisper them into the ear of her son, that he may draw us into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known 
that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Fran Fawcett. Uh, Thank you, Joe. The Vatican is permitting priests to say up to four Masses on three upcoming holy days, Christmas Day, the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, and the Epiphany, in order to accommodate more worshipers amid the pandemic. According to the Code of Canon Law, a priest ordinarily may celebrate Mass just once per day. Secular authorities have so reduced the number of people who can attend Mass during this pandemic that more Masses may be necessary. Witness the situation in Washington, D.C., where the Archdiocese challenged the limit of only 50 people at religious services. Somewhat victorious, that number is now 250 for large facilities, which means that the nation's largest Catholic church in North America, our nation's Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, will now be able to be 2.5% full. Yes, 2.5% full. The Basilica normally can accommodate 10,000 people. Under D.C. COVID restrictions, only 250 may attend Mass at a time. And Pope Francis is teaming up with Netflix, the entertainment organization which gave the Obamas $50 million to produce programming. The Pope's book about the elderly, Sharing the Wisdom of Time, is the basis for a forthcoming series by Netflix. The four-episode series will include an exclusive interview with Pope Francis. So-called Catholic leaders got together for a seminar about the Vatican's McCarrick Report a month after its delayed release. An assortment of Catholic theology professors, journalists, and others discussed the report on serial homosexual predator ex-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. While they spoke most affectionately of McCarrick, two of them called him friend, their ire was directed at papal critic Archbishop Cardinal Vigano and at Pope John Paul II. One attendee, attendee asked, why is Vigano free? And condemned Tyler, Texas Bishop Joseph Strickland and other Vigano supporters calling them organized crime. Vigano has called attention to the complicity of the Vatican and Pope Francis in covering up for McCarrick. More U.S. prelates are coming forward warning that Joe Biden should be denied Holy Communion. Archbishop Charles Chaput, former head of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and Archbishop Samuel Aquila of Denver, both feel the former vice president should be denied the Eucharist because of his support of abortion and homosexual marriage. Aquila declared, quote, The scandal and confusion are real, and when we don't treat the Eucharist with love and reverence, our faith is weakened in the real presence. An art collective at the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque is hosting a fundraiser called Sit on Satan's Lap. Yes, you got that right. Not Santa, Satan. According to the New York Post, this will happen Saturday at Johnson Center Field on the University of New Mexico campus. Children are invited to visit Satan instead of Santa, cloaked as a fundraiser for COVID-19. The invitation reads, how many people have been saved by prayer? And it says, zero. And then it continues, God, zero. And the mask, a little piece of cloth, 130,000. The event promotes Satanism, subverts Christmas, and targets innocent children. 
Eight nuns at a retirement home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, died of COVID within a week of each other. The nine lived at the Notre Dame of Elm Grove, and all were in their late 80s and 90s. Governor Greg Abbott says no more lockdowns in Texas, and no one will be forced to take the vaccine. However, he recommends it and says that he will take it himself. COVID lockdowns have teen suicides way up, according to several studies. A survey of high school athletes by the University of Wisconsin this past summer found approximately 68% reported anxiety and depression levels that typically require medical intervention, a nearly 40% rise. The lead researcher said, quote, the greatest risk to student athletes is not COVID, it's suicide and drug use. And President Donald Trump, with one stroke of a pen, makes Christmas Eve a federal holiday this year. Trump signed an order giving federal employees the day off before Christmas, or the day before Christmas off with pay. Christmas Day is already a federal holiday. Employees needed for national defense or public need will, of course, have to work. Trump has said he wants to reverse the secular trend of erasing Merry Christmas and the mention of God from our society. Trump says he is a non-denominational Christian. His wife, Melania, is a Catholic. And that's your news for this morning with a Catholic perspective. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you, Fran. We're very grateful to you for the um, breaking stories. We'll have more of that at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Blessed Julia Valle, pray for us. We're talking uh, 1847 here in Italy. She was the daughter of Anselmo and Christina, both working in the Milner's shop. Uh, but at four years old, young Julia's mom died, and uh, she had only one brother. Vincent was his name, and so Anselmo sent his daughter off to be raised by relatives in Italy. Well, she would be raised and under the direction of the Sisters of Charity there, so a seed was planted in her heart for the religious life. Her father would remarry and eventually move to Pont Saint-Martin in France, and Julia returned to live with her father, her new stepmother, and her brother. But life at home became very difficult for her as she grew into her uh, young adult life. And uh, very strained relationships. In fact, she became estranged not only from, uh, from her father somewhat, but also from her brother. But her dad did arrange a marriage for her. And this was the point where she had to make a decision. She ultimately decided that she wanted to go and live the religious life, and she joined the Sisters of Charity. And she took her vows in 1866, taking the name of Sister Namisa. And uh, she was assigned to teach, and she she did so. She taught uh, in, um, in several schools. She also worked in an orphanage. Eventually, she would become the superior and even the uh, novice master. For 13 years, she brought in over 500 sisters to the religious life. She dies in 18 or 1916 in Turin, Italy, of natural causes. Blessed Julia Valle, pray for us. The gospel today is a continuation from yesterday, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, but before they lived together. She was found with child through the Holy Ghost. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Ghost that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son and you are to name him Jesus, 
because he will save his people from all their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she bore a son, and he named him Jesus, the gospel of the Lord. Praise, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I love this passage, uh, not only because it, uh, it, it tells us about the, the birth of Christ, but because of the controversy around St. Joseph, which, by the way, tune in on Monday. In the first hour on Monday's program, Father Donald Calloway will be with us. And, of course, last year he put out his great book on the consecration of St. Joseph. I had the great pleasure of interviewing him a few times about that subject, and so we're looking forward to having him back in light of the year of St. Joseph and what that means. But uh, this particular passage gets broken up um, in the sense that there are people that believe that Joseph thought Mary did something wrong, and then there is a camp of people who aren't quite sure, and then there's a camp of people like myself, uh, truth be told, who believe that Joseph, being a righteous man, as the text tells us, was didn't feel up to the task of being the guardian protector of the Kekaritomene, uh, or as the angel Gabriel said, hail full of grace, the full of grace, or the Gibirah, as Solomon's mother was called in First Kings. So she is the Gibirah, she is Kekaritomene, she is the full of grace, and he would be her guardian protector of the Messiah himself, and he didn't feel up to that. And uh, and he puts her away quietly out of this this massive feel uh, sense of reverence. That's my take, Adrian. What say you? Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of different uh, avenues to explore for this passage. And you took the route of defending Joseph here, but uh, I want to not take the route of attacking Joseph, but actually defending because <laughs> I realized it sounded like that's what I was going to say. But uh, instead, one, I want to defend uh, Our Lady's. Uh, there's a common interpretation of this passage where people will be like. Oh, well, this means that Our Lady uh, bore Our Lord out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people will say, oh, well, they, they, were, they were not actually married yet. Well, I was looking at a Lapide in his commentary on this passage, and he uh, makes a note saying, the better translation of it, because whenever it says, fear not to take Mary thy wife, he said it's clear there that it's already, they're already married. It says, to fear not to take Mary thy wife. So they're already married. So he said... To make it even more clear, it would be better to translate it as, Dismiss not, O Joseph, thy wife Mary, but keep and retain her. Uh, and this is important because keep and retain, referring to the fact that he already possessed her, um, which is an interesting because um, we don't have this idea of marriage anymore. We've completely mm. gone away from this idea of marriage. But the marriage of Joseph and Mary was so perfect that it is true to say that our Lord is the true son of Joseph. Yeah, amen. Well, we got to go to a break and we gotta, we'll got to. we come back. We're, we're expecting Bree Dale to be on with us to catch us up with all things going on from Rome and some stories on you know, and what's concerning us. There's several stories in the headlines that I want to talk about that. By the way, uh, St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Bernard of Clairvaux both agree with me. Just so you know, I'm just, just saying, St. Joseph, you're a rock star. We love you, brother. Don't forget to tune in on Monday as well for Father Donald Calloway. It's going to be a great show. We'll be right back. More Catholic Drive Time is coming up next.
Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. I'm your host, Joe McLean, keeping you informed and inspired. It's great to be on with you this morning. Joining us from Rome, Bree Dale, our uh, our friend of the show here. Good morning, Bree. Praise God, I'm alive, and that counts. Now, uh, Bree is a, an independent journalist. Uh, she works for several outlets, uh, Newsmax, Newsmax being one of them, sometimes EWTN and others. And uh, we're very grateful to have her insights and, uh, and and keeping her nose to the grindstone, so to speak, of all the stories going on around the world. And some of them that came up this past week or so, there was another story breaking on Vigano uh, that we wanted to talk to her about. And then I saw a, a tweet that you put out about Bishop Sticka and his... Um, mask policy. That was kind of, uh, that was a little heavy. But uh, so anyway, what else is on your radar today, Bree? Mm. Wow. Six weeks. Yeah. have gone by in in just a few days so i know i mean sometimes when i'm trying to look for news and i see something more than even even a few hours old i'm like this is too old i can't use this i need something more recent right it's it yeah and it's updating all the time it's why we have such a fast 24-hour news cycle it's why it's really in it's important to not always be the first coming out but the ones who are the right ones you know sourcing because people are really relying on journalists nowadays to tell this straightforward news, but at oh, the same time, people that. have realized. Bree, do yes. me a favor. Hold that thought. Uh, yes. Our audience is having a hard time picking up your side of the conversation right now. Adrian Fonseca is getting uh, getting the Zoom chat up on the production computer so he can include your audio. So just for the sake of our audience, we're sorry about that. We're going to correct that here in just a moment. Uh, joining us on the on the line here is Bree Dale. She is an independent journalist. We're going to talk about several of the stories. She was just saying that uh, in Italy, they're waiting for these new draconian lockdowns to take effect uh six weeks is what they're looking at uh, brie i think we have you back i think you're you're on with us now yes can you hear me now i think so Hello? praise be to <laughs> jesus so you were um, saying so yeah no it's a mix-up because you've got you've got ireland looking at six weeks um north ireland starting boxing day here in Italy, they're looking at um, shutting down the country on the 21st uh, and and moving that to the 6th of January. Um, that's not been confirmed right now. That's uh, the Parliament has in the last few days just been over the top with chaos. So uh, we'll we'll be seeing that today, and Newsmax will likely report on that. Okay. Wow. That is, and we saw a lot of uh, protests all across Europe in uh, France and Germany and in the UK for these lockdowns. Is there going to be more of that? 
I, I anticipate uh, likelihood of yes, um, especially here in Italy. It's really caused quite a quite a, a difficulty um, here in Italy with the economy. Um, you know, they've they've shut down the ability to go to dinner time um, pretty much anywhere in the country. Uh, going out to dinner here in Rome, um, you're going to have to go to dinner early, early. Now, the Italians eat dinner at like nine, <laughs> eight, nine o'clock. Yeah. Um, and they shut down the restaurants at six. So the the restaurant owners have been very upset about that. Why just wow. the restaurants? We, we're also seeing that in the United States. Why just the small businesses? So there's a lot of that. But what, what we are seeing is... Um, they're looking at not um, restricting worship. Mm. So that's a good thing. Um, and and the God. Italians have done very well with that. So, yeah, a lot of news happening. Is it um, still the case that uh, there won't be a Christmas Eve Mass at St. Peter's Basilica? So, you know, I'm not... When it comes to the press office um, publishing things like that, I am now becoming extremely skeptical about anything. Mm. <laughs> and the reason why is that um, the press office, uh, the Vatican press office came out and said at the beginning of Advent that none of the papal activity uh, that is usually taking place during um, Advent would take place because of COVID restrictions. And one of the first um, real big events here in Italy, in Rome especially, is the um, laying of the wreath or, or placing of the wreath mm. um, on uh, the statue of Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. And they said that that wasn't going to take place this year, and then the Pope showed up. So um, <laughs> we just we just don't know when it comes to these things. Keeping there, you on um, your toes. I see I, how that goes. Yeah, keeping you on your toes. Exactly. <laughs> Let's uh, let's shift gears here a little bit. Let's talk about Vigano. He's been in the news uh, recently. In fact, we we just did an interview uh, with Dr. Robert Moynihan about Vigano just the other day. So it's interesting to have a follow up conversation here. What is the latest story? It's a, a bit of a, a bit of a scandal on Vigano. Maybe you can give us the details. Yeah, and I, I have to I have to say to the audience first that this is something that I myself have not reported on. This is coming out of um, Catholic Herald in the UK. Um, I will tell you that I know Chris Altieri has been working on this story for months now. And I know that because I have been working um, on a, a separate investigation um, and working alongside um, victims of a clergy sex abuse coming out of one particular seminary. And I wow. can't go into detail because I'm not willing to break that um, yet. But uh, out of that came um, some pretty serious, um, serious connections to uh, a serial predator, sex predator, um, who is a laicized priest. Um, and, and this individual, Peter Mitchell, um, is out in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, he was a priest of the Archdiocese, oh, sorry, not Archdiocese, the priest of Lincoln, Nebraska, mm. um, where uh, allegations of sex abuse took place. Um, and he was also known as a whistleblower from that seminary, uh, which I find kind of uh, very um, disturbing because uh, during the time or shortly after or during, I, I'm not 100% sure the timeline on this. Uh, Chris has more information, but uh, while he was whistleblowing, it seems that he was also abusing victims, uh, women, 
in particular. And, um, and he requested later on when one woman came forward, um, at least one woman, I believe in the diocese, uh, we haven't gotten cl clarity from the diocese on this, a uh, green Bay diocese, though, one, the diocese he later incarnated from came out, um, publicly, uh, to, to, um, confirm all of these details. But, um, but Lincoln, Lincoln, uh, he, uh, he requested, uh, laicization. So why is this all important? Um, I think people need to understand. Peter Mitchell, it also goes by the name of Giuseppe Pellegrino. Mm. And he has been translating um, Archbishop Viganò's um, statements for quite some time. And what is very concerning is that when all of this came forward, and when we found out that Peter Mitchell had abused both in Lincoln and later in Green Bay, um, when Green Bay accepted him after supposedly having gone through some therapy um, and re rescinding his er, his first request for laicization, which stops the process, by the way, of investigation mm. um, into canonical uh, investigation. It's one of the big issues that Chris Altieri highlights is how the church kind of sets aside investigations when um, canonically when they laicize. And we see that with McCarrick um, because McCarrick actually didn't, he wasn't charged with anything criminally. He's not in jail. Um, and and it, it almost is like uh, wiping wiping the hands of the church saying, oh, we're, we're no longer engaged because he's no longer a priest. Mm. Um, but what, what's, what's problematic, and we'll go into this later, is that what happens afterwards, after they leave the church, especially someone like Peter Mitchell, who is a predator and has um, lied about his story in order to continue to uh, manipulate people. These people are very good at manipulation. McCarrick was known to be very charismatic. How long, you know, look yeah. at how long he has lasted in the yeah. church. You, you got know, a red hat um, out of the deal. He was I'll out. tell you something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's they're master manipulators. Two minutes left. You know, we see this also. In, yeah, so long story short, um, Peter Mitchell, after he was laicized, um, began, um, uh, he started working uh, around young children and young women. Um, and that's also being investigated right now because the church let go. Uh, and then uh, he, he, he placed himself wow. in, uh, in line to start in, um, interpreting or, uh, or um, translating um, Archbishop Viganò's um, uh, statements. And what is what's concerning is in the summer when all of this came out under investigation, mm -hmm. um, uh, and, uh, a very uh, well-known Catholic voice, at least one, went to him personally, um, Archbishop Vigano, and said, this guy is bad news. You need, to do, you need to disassociate yourself with him. He is a predator, and you are the voice against clergy sex abuse. Yeah. It's very painful to have to see this. And, um, and yet, that was during um, end of July, Wow. Um, Archbishop Vigano continues to use him. Okay, we, so gotta, now, we only have about uh, a minute and yeah. a half left here. Why would Vigano right. not distance himself? That's the question. That's exactly what um, uh, Chris Altieri came out and 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 requested comment from. And and you know, Archbishop Vigano has been very vocal, and yet he mm. didn't answer any questions. So uh, one is finds this extremely concerning. And why do pe people say, well, how does this reflect on Vigano? It talks about the the good judgment of a man who is supposed to be the the you know the the voice yeah. of of reason against what's going on in the church right now. 
uh, for he to him to continue to do this, especially Joe, after he admitted to covering up for McCarrick in 2000 before 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Now people are questioning behind the scenes: Is this pol more political on Vigano's part versus actually? Wow. Um, you know, spiritual. Well, that's going to have to do it right there. Uh, we'll have to follow up on that. We didn't get to the Bishop's Stick a Story, but we'll do that maybe next time. Bree Dale, thank you for joining us and giving us the latest from Rome. We're very grateful to you. Thank you, Joe. All right, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we'll have more breaking news and headlines with Fran Fawcett and Stephen Mosier from the Population Research Institute is going to be on talk about China. They're on the march. Let's get the latest. All that coming up next on Catholic Drive Time. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child and wondering what Santa would bring? In many developing countries like Haiti, most children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. Often, every penny their parents earn must go to their basic needs like food, shelter, and water. Now picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift. You can spark that magical moment by sending them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. The universe is filled with order from top to bottom. And it's a beautiful order, and not only is it beautiful, it's an order that we can actually comprehend. And it's almost as if we have been made to be able to comprehend that order in the universe, to be able to contemplate it so that we can see maybe that purpose behind it. Please visit Father Spitzer's website, magiscenter.com, to watch this beautiful and important video about purpose and God's creation. That's magiscenter.com. We have got some good news. The new version of the Guadalupe Radio Network app is out now. The new version offers big improvements, with even more on the way. You'll be able to find and listen to your station no matter where you are, and switch between our English and Spanish stations with ease. Missed your favorite GRN show? You can find all past episodes as podcasts on the app. To download or update the app, search your app store for the Guadalupe Radio Network. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back. Drive Time. I'm your host, Joe McClain, keeping you informed and inspired. And thanks for being patient with us. We had one button not clicked, and all of a sudden we had audio problems, so we're glad we worked that out. Thank you for those that let us know. But we got more breaking news and stories, but uh, don't, don't go anywhere, because here in just about a couple of minutes from now, Stephen Mosier, uh, he is the director of the Population Research Institute and the author of The Bully of Asia, is going to be our guest. We're going to talk about all things China, China on the march. We'll, we'll give you what you need to know about that. But first, the breaking news with Fran Fawcett. Pope Francis has released his message for the 2021 World Day of Peace, and he is calling for a culture of care. The Pope wrote that he envisioned this culture of care as a way to combat what he calls the culture of indifference, waste, and confrontation so prevalent in our time. He encouraged world leaders to use these principles as a compass to lead the way to a more humane future in the process of globalization. The World Day of Peace is celebrated each year on January 1st. The Vatican is launching an education collaboration with the United Nations to promote sustainability and gender equality. It's jointly sponsored by Pope Francis's Global Compact on Education and Mission 4.7, an advisory group that promotes the education target of the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. The Vatican said the symposium is focusing on the need to promote a new kind of education, one that will, quote, overcome the current globalization of indifference and the culture of waste. 
A Catholic bishop in Poland presided Saturday at a funeral mass for 640 unborn children. After mass, the unborn children's coffins were solemnly buried in a nearby cemetery. The children had died following stillbirths, miscarriages, and abortions, and came mainly from Warsaw. In October, the nation's constitutional court declared a law permitting abortion for fetal abnormalities as unconstitutional. A heated dispute continues in Poland. In Colombia, a bishop is calling on civil authorities to investigate the desecration of a Catholic church and its tabernacle. The Church of Our Lady of Val Venera in Pitalito, Colombia, was broken into on December 12, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. According to Vatican News, vandals broke open the tabernacle and threw consecrated hosts on the ground. They also stole the ciborium, the monstrance, and other items from inside the Colombian church. Pitalito is a city of some 135,000, about 300 miles southeast of Bogota. $200 million in Medicaid funds are being withheld from California because that state's refusal to recognize and enforce conscience protections for health care workers. California says employers or in health care in general. California says employers must cover abortions and health plans contrary to the conscience of many Christians. California's Attorney General Xavier Becerra is refusing to comply with the Health and Human Services Directive to comply with the protection of conscience in health cares. Becerra is uh, tapped by Joe Biden to become the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services. If he is confirmed, he is expected to reverse the hold on the $200 million in Medicaid funds for California. Another case of patients' access to clergy at hospitals during the pandemic is resolved by the Department of Health and Human Services. A Jewish advocacy group filed the discrimination complaint against Mount Sinai Health System, which operates seven hospitals in New York. In one of several cases, a Jewish patient requested a spiritual care volunteer for comfort after giving birth to a stillborn baby, but she was denied. The Office of Civil Rights says that it has helped the hospital system in allowing visitation for clergy. The director of the Office of Civil Rights said, quote, We applaud the hospital for ensuring that it will treat the needs of the body without sacrificing the needs of the soul. The Vatican is permitting priests to say up to four masses on three upcoming holy days, Christmas Day, the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, and the Epiphany, According uh, to accommodate more worshipers amid the pandemic. According to the Code of Canon Law, a priest ordinarily may celebrate Mass just once per day. Secular authorities have so reduced the number of people who can attend Mass during this pandemic that more Masses will be necessary. Witness the situation in Washington, D.C., where the Archdiocese challenged the limit of only 50 people at religious services. Somewhat victorious, that number is now 250 for large facilities, which means that the nation's largest Catholic church in North America, our nation's basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, will now be able to be 2.5% full. That's right, 2.5%. The basilica normally can accommodate 10,000 people. Under D.C. COVID restrictions, only 250 may attend Mass at a time. And those are your headlines. Thank you, Fran. Mm-hmm. We're very grateful to you. Uh, joining us right now by Zoom chat is the president of the Population Research Institute, Stephen Mosier. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. It's good to have you on. Thank you for being on with us. Uh, China is on the march. You know, in addition to the American political stories that we've seen, Hunter Biden being an example of that, and uh, 
uh, the uh, election interference. We've seen that. I, a lot of people, I don't think, are paying attention to some of the other stories. Uh, China's pressure on the border with India and China going to war with Australia uh, in many ways. Uh, so far, not with guns and bullets, uh, thank God, but with uh, with holding captive 70 coal-laden uh, ships in their harbors, not letting the sailors off for five or more months. And, um, and then, of course, building a $200 million fishing, quote, air quote, fishing uh, facility 200 kilometers off their coast, and there's no commercial fishing waters there where they're building it. But uh, So China seems to be on the march. Is that is that the case? Stephen Mosier. Yeah, China seems to be at war with the world right now, and of course they've been uh, in a cold war with the United States for a long, long time. I always like to refer back to 1991 when we celebrated the collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, China didn't celebrate the collapse of the Soviet Union. It took a hard look at what happened to the Communist Party and the Soviet Union. And then the leadership of the Chinese Communist Party got together and the then leader Deng Xiaoping said to his fellows, the old Cold War is over. America has won. The Soviet Union has been defeated. Mm. The new Cold War is now beginning between China and the United States. And we will win this one. And, you know, when I say China, I always mean the Chinese Communist Party because this is a 92 million uh, member strong organization uh, the largest criminal enterprise in the world, I would argue, that oppresses the Chinese people, oppresses minorities within China, and has now uh, declared not just a Cold War on the United States, but really a kind of Cold War on the world. Uh, we have aggression of all kinds occurring uh, at the moment. I mean, China has been in a kind of uh, uh, chemical war against us for years, shipping fentanyl to us. Uh, tens of thousands <laughs> wow. of Americans die from fentanyl overdoses every day. That comes from China. It comes from factories in China. The Communist Party knows very well where it's manufactured, how it's sent to the United States. It launders the money that uh, that comes from the drug deal selling fentanyl. So that's a form of chemical warfare. We could talk about biological warfare, the China virus, COVID-19, um, the aggression, physical aggression against China's neighbors you mentioned, uh, Australia. A few months ago, uh, they called Australia, you know, they, they said Australians are like gum on your shoes, mm. uh, the Chinese Communist Party said. From time to time, you have to scrape it off. I mean, wow. this, this is really, really uh, not very diplomatic on China's part, very aggressive towards many countries on its border and, and aggressive towards the world as a whole. Of course, the the Swalwell story is a big story, but also, what about this uh, the story that was broke out of the newspaper in Australia? I think other outlets as well in the UK. Uh, one point, I think it was was it one point nine million uh, names on a database, all Communist Party members, but there are many of which were working in consulates of foreign countries in major uh, or uh, corporate organizations throughout the West, even in governments throughout the West. What do you make of that story? Well, this was two million members uh, names of the Chinese Communist Party in Shanghai. And, and many of them work for foreign organizations. Some of them work overseas. Uh, but, but bear this in mind. Um, for the past 20 years, uh, especially over the last few years of Xi Jinping, President of Xi Jinping's rule in China, increasingly dictatorial rule, increasingly Maoist cultural revolution type rule. What we see is this. We see a social credit score in China uh, being imposed on everybody. Everybody has a political credit score. And the way you get your political credit score up is by, by becoming a member of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, that's the one way that you can count on getting a high political or social credit score, as they call it. The only people now who are being allowed to get passports 
to get exit visas, to leave the country, to go study in the United States, to do research in the United States, to do business around the world, are members of the Chinese Communist Party. So almost anybody you see now from China, not from, not from Hong Kong, not from Taiwan, not from Singapore, not Chinese and other parts of Asia, but the people who are allowed out of China mm. now to do business, to do political research, to do espionage, uh, are all members of the Chinese Communist Party because they're politically reliable. Now, if you're a party member, you have to sign a document, take a vow that you will always put the party first. You'll wow. put it ahead of your family. You'll put it ahead of your personal interest. You'll put it ahead of your economic interest. When the party calls upon you to do something, you must answer without question. So those are the kinds of people that China is now, that the Chinese Communist Party is now sending into the world. So if you're hiring someone, if you're AstraZeneca, or if you're a Moderna, or if you're, uh, say, Pfizer, and you're hiring a researcher from China, you're probably hiring a Communist Party member. And you better be very, very careful about making sure that your uh, technology um, does not somehow uh, get back to China. Um, so you know, that's what's that's what's going on in the world. That's what we're dealing with. So, you know, we talk about Eric Swalwell and, and uh, Fang Fang, who came from China. Uh, mm. Fang's given name, by the way, means fragrant. So she's really fragrant Fang in Chinese, uh, which is kind of ironic under the circumstances. But she was very, very active. But she's only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, literally, there are I mean, I, I go back to 1998. I met with Chris Cox, who wrote the uh, Cox report about Chinese espionage during the 90s. And, and he told me, I read the report. Uh, at that time, the Chinese Communist Party had 8,000 front groups operating in the United States. That's almost a quarter century ago. All right. How many do they have today? 80,000. It is a massive effort at subversion and infiltration, uh, at compromising uh, people of influence. Uh, it's called elite capture in Chinese parlance. They capture elites, political elites, uh, economic elites, uh, Wall Street financial elites. They're after the, the, the sort of the controlling heights of, of culture and politics. And I'm going to ask you to hold it right there. Stephen Mosier, Dr. Stephen Mosier, he is the president of Population Research Institute. We've got to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Stephen Mosier about China. China's on the march. You must be aware of what's going on. So don't go anywhere. More of that is coming up next on Catholic Drive Time. Stick around. Can a moral relativist object to God's goodness based on the problem of evil? The answer is no, at least when it comes to moral evil. And here's the reason. You see, moral relativism states no moral truths exist independently of the individual. That's to say what is right and wrong is relative to what the individual determines. Now, how can a relativist deviation from his own moral standard be considered morally evil when there's nothing to oblige him to follow his moral standard? The answer is, it can't. But if no moral evil can exist within the mental framework of moral relativism, well then obviously a relativist complaint about the problem of moral evil is useless. So the relativist either has to give up the complaint about the problem of moral evil to keep relativism, or give up relativism to keep the complaint about the problem of moral evil. The relativist can't have both. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com the Daily Mass is moving to the afternoon. Holy Mass has been a beloved component of our programming lineup for 20 years in the early morning time slot on the Guadalupe Radio Network. 
we are excited to announce that the 3 p.m. hour will become a holy hour, starting with the Divine Mercy Chaplet, followed by sacred music or spiritual reflections, and concluding with the Holy Mass at 3.30. The Holy Mass on the Guadalupe Radio Network, every weekday at 3.30 p.m. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. It's great to be on with you. We're talking with Dr. Stephen Mosier, president of the Population Research Institute. He's also the author of The, the Bully of Asia. Having a conversation about China, welcome back to the program, uh, Stephen Mosier. Um, you know, I was just thinking about our lady Fatima and how she warned the shepherd children in 1917 to that the eras of Russia would spread if we didn't pray, fast, and do penance. And uh, it seems like it has spread throughout the whole world now, uh, only not through Russia, but through China. Would you agree to that? Well, I would, and it spread from Russia to China, because when the Chinese Communist Party was started in 1921, the Bolshevik Revolution had just taken place, and the communists were active uh, from Russia in China from the very beginning. And what gave the Communist Party the victory in the Chinese Civil War in the late 40s after World War II was the Soviet army had come into Manchuria. It had taken all of the weapons Mm. from the Japanese Guangdong Army, which had been occupying Manchuria for 20 years, and it turned them over, guns, bullets, howitzers, everything, to the Red Army, which then was well-armed and went on to conquer the rest of China. So the errors did spread from Russia to the rest of the world through China, and even though the heartland of communism, uh, Russia is no longer uh, communist, uh, it's it's something else, uh, <laughs> it has spread to China, which indeed may be a bigger threat Uh, to the world than Russia ever was. It has a larger population. Uh, It has a communist party which excels at deceit and deception. It's sort of inbred into the genome of the Communist Party, and uh, and it's on the march. I was thinking also in terms of how it spread throughout the West. I mean, I was just listening to the chairman of Disney uh, just rave about his uh, his connection to Communist China, his appreciation for Communist China, his great relationship with Communist China, and I've been told that's part of the reason why uh, uh, Joe Biden is tapping him for, for his government, and uh, we see that throughout corporate America. Look at the NBA. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the very uh, very politically active, the NBA, the NFL, all of these sports have become very, very politically active, yet they turn a blind eye to the Uyghurs that are suffering mightily in camps, and there are organs being harvested for top dollar bidders. Uh, you know, it's, there's all this uh, in crazy injustice going on as a result of communist policies and, and life, and yet uh, corporate America doesn't seem to mind so much. What say you, Stephen Mosier? Well, they they don't mind because they're making money hand of a fist in China. But you have to understand that there's really no China market uh, that we talk about in terms of the free market. There's a China racket. And the China racket is this. The Chinese Communist Party controls all economic activity in China. It's not just political activity. It controls all economic activity in China. It controls who gets market share and who doesn't. And any American company that goes wants to do business in China, any uh, film company that wants to have its films shown in Chinese theaters, uh, any basketball team that wants to have its jerseys sold in China and have a million viewers on Chinese TV uh, has to go to the Chinese Communist Party and, and make a deal with them. And the deal is this. Uh, the Chinese Communist Party says, we will let you into the China racket that we control. Mm. And, but in return, uh, you have to do our bidding. 
Uh, you have to, when policy issues come up in Washington, D.C., your lobbyists have to speak out on our behalf. You have to stand in Washington, D.C. in our stead and make sure that U.S.-China policy benefits China and not the United States. So the cost of doing business in China is that you have to sell out America, literally. And that's a, a, a sad fact. That's why we see uh, Fortune 500 companies. That's why we see uh, Wall Street financiers. That's why we see Hollywood all uh, doing China's bidding because uh, they're getting cash on the barrel head for doing that because now they have a part uh, play in the China racket. Speaking of uh, the NBA, I noticed they got to go hang out with the Pope not all that long ago, uh, but I was kind of sad because when Cardinal Zen made his way back to Rome several months back to try to see uh, His Holiness Pope Francis, he was not given an audience. What do you make of that? And I, obviously, I think things are getting worse in China for religious freedom, um, but maybe you can give us a better story. Well, they, they are, and, and I, would, I would point to the example of Hong Kong, uh, which is now being crushed under the heel of the uh, Chinese Communist boot. Uh, after that same Chinese Communist Party promised uh, back in 1997 that it would allow uh, the social and economic and political situation in Hong Kong to remain unchanged for 50 years. So Hong Kong should have been left alone until 2047, but of course the Chinese Communist Party never leaves anything alone. It, it encroaches on your rights all the time, and it has done so in Hong Kong. The demonstrations we saw over the last couple of years were led largely by Catholics. People need to understand that wow. while uh, something less than 10% of the 7.5 million people in Hong Kong are Catholic, so it's not uh, a majority, uh, it's a minority, but they were the leaders. Uh, Jimmy Lai of Apple Daily, uh, the student leaders from the, the Catholic uh, universities there. Of course, the great Cardinal Joseph said, my old friend himself, these were the leaders of the uh, democracy movement in Hong Kong. Mm. The movement in Hong Kong that, that was just asking for the Communist Party for once to keep its word. Well, that word has been broken. This is tragic. <laughs> With a President Biden, do we... Do we see it going, you know, I, I kind of enjoyed the fact that Trump would stand up to uh, communist China and try to make uh, trade deals a little fairer. I, I, I enjoyed the fact that he had some sort of backbone when it came to China's uh, bulldozing of the world around us. Um, do you see, especially with this Hunter Biden story out with his connections to Chinese, Chinese deals, um, is that going to go the opposite direction? Or how do you see that? Well, go back to 2016. China thought it had won. Bloomberg and Wall Street was saying the Chinese economy is going to be larger than the U.S. economy by 2018, 2019. America's history, uh, the 21st century belongs to China. Then along came Donald Trump, and he reversed all that. He reversed all that by getting tough with China, putting tariffs on cheap Chinese goods, uh, putting pressure on China in other ways, stopping the cyber espionage, uh, the traditional espionage. Now I'm afraid all of that is going to switch back to uh, a political party and a political leader in Joe Biden who is content to do business with China on his mm. terms, which benefits the American uh, uh, oligarchy, which benefits those who are, in, who are in business with China and does not benefit ordinary Americans. Uh, results in factories being shipped again to China, jobs being shipped again to China, and China again coming out on top. These people who are coming into office seem content to manage America's decline. And we need leaders who want to keep America with its principles of freedom of conscience and freedom of religion and, uh, and representative government on top of the world, because the world is a better place when America leads, uh, and it'll certainly be a darker place if China does. 
Can we stand up to China? I mean, do we have uh, China seems like it's put a lot of effort into its uh, global push. Uh, do we have the capability? Do we have the wherewithal to uh, to withstand the sure. Chinese yeah. march? We, we do. We, we still control our own destiny, but it requires people in office in Washington, D.C., in the House, Senate, the judiciary to put American interests first, the interests of the American uh, middle class first, the interest of American workers first. And we didn't see that. Uh, under the Obama-Biden administration. I'm afraid we won't see that again. But we still control our own destiny. China has uh, many, many weaknesses. Think about the Chinese Communist Party, 92 million members who don't produce anything. Mm. They consume their parasites on the Chinese people. Uh, that's a trillion and a half dollars, two trillion dollars in money wasted right there just to support them in the life to which they become accustomed to pay for their limousines, to pay for their trips abroad, to pay for their banquets and so forth. And then you've got the state owned enterprises. This is, after all, a communist system. The state owned enterprises are dinosaurs. Uh, they're not competitive in the open market. They need five trillion dollars in subsidies every year. So that's a big drain on the Chinese economy. The only sector of the Chinese economy that really works is the export sector. Guess what? We control that. If we don't buy goods uh, made by uh, workers in China who aren't allowed uh, to organize a strike for higher wages, form labor unions, if we don't buy their goods, that sector of the economy grinds to a halt and we win and China loses. And that would be good for the Chinese people. It'd be good for the people of the world. It'd certainly be good for the United States of America. Well, we've been talking with Dr. Stephen Mosier, president of uh, the Population Research Institute. Populate, it's pop.org is the website, pop.org. We're going to link to it over at facebook.com forward slash grn online. Where can people get your book, Dr. Mosier? Well, it's available from us, a signed copy. If you want to go to pop.org and order one, and of course, you can always get it online through, uh, through Amazon in the Kindle version or the, uh, the audio version. All right. Well, God love you. God bless you. Thanks for keeping an eye on China for us. We'd love to have you back as uh, new developments happen and get the latest and greatest if you're available. I'd be happy to. God bless you all and Merry Christmas. All right. Merry Christmas to you, too. Uh, thank you, Dr. Stephen Mosier. That's going to do it for hour one. But before we go, I wanted to mention a couple of stories that I really wanted to uh, to chat about. We just didn't have time. We'll link to them in uh, Facebook.com forward slash GRN online. Here's a terrible story. Three men and a baby. First family in California with three dads on their child's birth certificate. Uh, they used uh, they used a donor egg and a surrogate to accomplish this, and some judge in California thought this was fine. Um, this is a tragedy. It's a it is a symptom of a dying culture, and we should be praying, fasting, and doing penance for this type of stuff. So I'll link to that story. It comes to us from the Daily Mail. There's another very disgusting story, actually. Um, the university in Pittsburgh has been grafting the scalps of aborted babies onto mice. Let that sink in for just one minute. The scalps of aborted babies have been grafted in to mice. We live in dark times. Fasting, praying, penance, holiness, evangelization. These are our watchwords, and we must adhere to them. We are in deep trouble, people. It's time for us to hold fast to the fidelity of the church and her teaching to save souls. Tick 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 well that's going to do it for hour number one we'll link to all those stories at facebook.com forward slash grn online if you're going to hang out with us in hour number two we'll have a pro-life update we'll have the fear and trembling game show with prizes involved 
and uh, Teresa Camaro will be on. So all that coming up in the next hour. Don't go anywhere. More of Catholic Drive Time is coming up. But may God richly bless you. We'll see you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. What should I keep in mind when I'm trying to defend my faith? Well, number one, ingrain this into your psyche. The Bible is a Catholic book. The Catholic Church gave it to the world, which means there is nothing, nothing in the Bible that is contrary to anything in the Catholic faith, and there is nothing in the Catholic faith that is contrary to anything in the Bible. Always remember that. This is important to remember because a lot of times folks will quote a passage from the Bible that proves the Catholic Church is wrong. Whenever someone quotes your Bible verse that proves the Catholic Church is wrong on something, your response should be, Amen. I believe what the Bible says. As a Catholic, I believe everything the Bible says. However, I don't agree with your personal infallible interpretation of that passage. And the reason you don't agree with their personal interpretation is because 100% of the time you're presented with a verse that proves the Catholic Church wrong, that verse has either A, been taken out of context, or B, the verse simply doesn't say what they're trying to make it say. Number two, and this flows directly from number one, the Catholic Church can be defended solely from the Bible better than any other Christian faith tradition can be. A good bit in the various Protestant faith traditions actually contradicts the Bible. So do not be afraid to engage non-Catholics in a discussion of the Bible. And number three, if you are ever asked a question about your faith that you cannot answer, don't worry. There is an answer for that question. You just need to go and find it. Simply respond, I don't know, but I will find out and get back to you. Then find out and get back to them. As Catholics, we need to reclaim the Bible. It's our book. We need to read it, pray it, learn it, and use it to bring our separated brothers and sisters back to the church. If you keep these things in mind, you have started down the road to being a very effective apologist for the Catholic faith. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. The Daily Mass is moving to the afternoon. Holy Mass has been a beloved component of our programming lineup for 20 years in the early morning time slot on the Guadalupe Radio Network. We are excited to announce that the 3 p.m. hour will become a holy hour, starting with the Divine Mercy Chaplet, followed by sacred music or spiritual reflections, and concluding with the Holy Mass at 3.30. The Holy Mass on the Guadalupe Radio Network, every weekday at 3.30 p.m. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. With Joe McLean and Emily Alcaraz. Oh, Adonai. Oh, sacred Lord of ancient Israel, who showed yourself to Moses in the burning bush who gave him the holy law on Sinai Mountain. Come, stretch out your mighty hand, set us free, O Adonai. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It's good to be on with you. Praise be to Jesus. Emily Alcarez is still out, 
So pray for her return. Uh, she's she's feeling a little better, but hopefully she'll be back soon. Uh, sitting in the volunteer slot today is Fran Fawcett. Good morning, Fran. Good morning, Joe. Thanks for coming in again. Oh, my delight. Yeah, praise Jesus. You, your 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 news is hard hitting too. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of it. Unfortunately, yeah, there's some very the disturbing stories in the news. No kidding. But we've got a good story at the top. We do. Oh, yeah. okay. Some good news. Some good news. <laughs> Nigerian priest Father Valentine is free. Praise be to Jesus. Yes. yes. How uh, exciting is that? Yeah, it's really wonderful. As we reported yesterday, Father Valentine, you'll recall, was kidnapped while driving to his yeah. home state on his way to say the funeral mass for his father. Oh, yeah. Wow. So his congregation say that they're praying for the kidnappers, for mm. their conversion. Uh, but of course, you know that um, Nigeria-based Boko Haram earlier this week claimed responsibility for kidnapping hundreds of yeah. schoolboys. Yeah. And 300 of those are still missing. That's insane. Keep an eye on Nigeria because the news won't, so we might as well do it for them. Uh, but also on the ones and twos, Adrian Fonseca. Good howdy, morning. howdy. Good morning. Praise Jesus. Thanks for producing for us again today. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to have a great program today. We will still have the game show, so the Fear and Trembling game show. Today we're going to draw the winner out, too. So we have three new questions, three new opportunities to win the prize pack, which is donated to us from Isaiah Books, isaiahbooks.co.uk. It's a bundle of Christmas books, and they're giving away. Uh, these are children's books. They're giving them away for, uh, as a, just as a sponsor, a thank you, a generous gift to you, our listening audience. So if you want to be a part of the game show, that has happens uh, in the next segment, and the phone number to call is 877-757-9424. Just write that down. When you call it, we'll take the first caller. You will be put on hold automatically, and then you just wait patiently for us to pick you up at 877-757-9424. But that is coming up in the next segment. Of course, Teresa Kamara from HoustonCoalition.com, a pro-life warrior, is going to be on the program to give us the pro-life news and update for for this week. So we'll be talking to her. That plus so much more in this hour of Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Let's start by prayer. Bring your intentions together. Whatever you're facing today, whatever you're struggling with, whatever your needs are, materially, spiritually, physically, whatever they might be, relational relationships as well. Uh, I'm praying for our team here. I'm praying for our equipment and our, our show to go well. I'm praying for all of you and all of your intentions. But let's bring them to Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, the Gibira, the Kekaritomene, as the angel Gabriel called her. And let's uh, ask her to whisper these into the ear of her son, that he may draw us ever so more closely into his most sacred heart. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Fran Fawcett. Thank you, Joe. More U.S. prelates are coming forward, warning that Joe Biden should be denied Holy Communion. Archbishop Charles Chaput, former head of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and Archbishop Samuel Aquila of Denver both feel the former vice president should be denied the Eucharist because of his support for abortion and homosexual marriage. Aquila declared the scandal and confusion are real, and when we don't treat the Eucharist with love and reverence, our faith is weakened in the real presence. 
Eight nuns at a retirement home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, died of COVID within a week of each other. The nine lived at the Notre Dame of Elm Grove, and all were in their late 80s and 90s. Governor Greg Abbott says no more lockdowns for Texas and no one will be forced to take the vaccine. However, he recommends it and says he will take it. COVID lockdowns have teen suicides way up, according to a survey of high school athletes in Wisconsin. Found 68% reported anxiety and depression levels that typically require medical intervention, nearly 40% higher than past studies. Lead researchers said, quote, the greatest risk to student-athletes is not COVID, it's suicide and drug use. An art collective at the University of New Mexico in Albuquerque is hosting a fundraiser called Sit on Satan's Lap. You heard that right. According to the New York Post, this will happen Saturday at the Johnson Center Field at the University of New Mexico. Children are invited to visit Satan instead of Santa, cloaked as a fundraiser for COVID-19. The Vatican permitting priests to say up to four masses on three upcoming holy days. Christmas Day, the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, and the Epiphany to accommodate more worshipers amid the pandemic. According to the Code of Canon Law, priests ordinarily only celebrate one Mass per day. The Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. challenged the limit of only 50 people at religious services. Somewhat victorious, that number is now 250 for large facilities. Of course, this will mean that only 2.5% of the nation's Basilica of the National Shrine of Immaculate Conception will be able to be filled. The Basilica can accommodate normally 10,000 people. President Donald Trump, with one stroke of his pen, makes Christmas Eve a federal holiday this year. Trump signed an executive order giving federal employees the day off before Christmas with pay. Christmas Day, of course, is already a federal holiday. Employees needed for national defense and public need will have to work. Trump says that he is a non-denominational Christian. His wife, Melania, is a Catholic. And those are your headlines. Thank you, Fran. Uh, Blessed Julia Valle, pray for us, born June 26, 1847, to uh, Anselmo and Christina, both working in the family's Milner's shop. Uh, At four years old, her mother died, and she had only one brother. His name was Vincent, and uh, her father sent her off to be raised by uh, relatives and she would end up uh, be, being a tutor or being a, a student of the Sisters of Charity, which really put a seed in her heart for the religious life. Her father would remarry and she would be recalled home, but family life was contentious at best. And, you know, if you've ever been in certain those kinds of circumstances, you can appreciate the difficulty for young Julia to have to deal with this new stepmother, this new dynamic, this new relationship, and she didn't, she wasn't getting along very well. And she even became estranged from Vincent, her brother, at the same time. Well, her father arranged a marriage for young Julia, and she had to make a decision. At this point, the Sisters of Charity had set up a, a monastery near their home. So she decided she was going to become a sister of charity. And that is what she did, taking her vows on September the 8th, 1866, taking the name of Sister Namisa. And she would be a teacher in elementary school. She would work in orphanages and she would help uh, many of the poor. And she also became a novice master as well as a superior. And for, I think it was 13 years, she helped to bring in 500 new sisters into religious life. She died 18 December 1916 in Turin, Italy. Blessed Julia Valle, pray for us. And the gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, a continuation from yesterday's genealogy. 
This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. When his mother Mary was betrothed to Jesus, but before they lived together, she was found with child through the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, declared or decided to divorce her quietly. Such was his intention when, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, into your home, for it is through the Holy Spirit that this child has been conceived in her. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she bore a son and named him Jesus, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Laus TV Christe. As they say. Uh, you know, one of the things about this particular passage that comes up every year in the homilies is there's basically three camps of thought on Joseph from this passage. Uh, the first camp is that Joseph thought Mary did some, either something bad happened to her, like somebody uh, molested her or she was a participant in, in some other relation. And so he puts her away. Uh, there's that, there's that camp. Okay. Before I tell you what I think, second camp is Joseph has no idea one way or the other, and just out of prudential caution, puts her away. Third camp, which is, in all truth and honesty, the one I belong to, uh, as well as St. Bernard of Clairvaux and St. Thomas Aquinas, so I feel even better about that, uh, is that Joseph was uh, a very holy and righteous man, and he understood that this was the virgin spoken of in Isaiah's prophecies, uh, that, that she was the Gibiraj, that she was the Kekaritomene, that uh, Gabriel would call her in Luke's Gospel, the Queen of Heaven and Earth, and that she would bear not just any child, but the Messiah, the Savior of all mankind, and that Joseph did not feel, he was so humble, he did not feel adequate to the task of being the guardian protector of the Messiah, let alone the guardian protector and spouse of the Gibirah, or what uh, Solomon's mom was called in First Kings, you know, the Kekaritomene, the full of grace. And so he puts her away out of a sense of uh, extreme reverence. That's my take. Adrian, what say you? Yes, so there's uh, that you decided to take the route of defending Joseph this time, yes. and I want to take the route of defending Mary at a different part of this passage. <laughs> okay. Uh, so another common thing that happens uh, in this <laughs> when, with the scripture is people will, will point out they'll say, "Oh, look, Our Lady, she was uh, she bore Our Lord out of wedlock." And so that uh, our Lord, uh, so our lady was uh, an unwed mother. Mm. And so they try to go that route. And uh, Alapide, who's one of the greatest uh, scripture theologians who ever lived, uh, he went out and he defends our lady and says, no, she was absolutely 100% uh, married to St. Joseph at this time. Mm. In fact, he says that it's a better translation. It'd be a, a good way to translate it if you had said, Dismiss not, O Joseph, thy wife Mary, 
but keep and retain her because uh, at that time they were already married because he says, fear not to take Mary thy wife. Yes. Insinuating that they're already married. They're already uh, together. They're even living together at this time. They just not, just, just have not consummated the marriage. You know, on a totally separate but related conversation, a lot of uh, non-Catholics have, and some Catholics even, I've heard this, have used this, uh, and Joseph, uh, when, uh, or hold on, he, Joseph awoke, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took his wife into his home. He had no relations with her until she oh, yeah, bore until. a son. And uh, there's been, many people have said, look, see, until, which means that afterwards he did. But that's not what the word means. The mm-hmm. word has actually has nothing to do with what happens after. It, it's only focusing on what happens to that point. And we have, uh, you know, Old Testament references like Michael, who was watching David come into Jerusalem dancing in front of the ark and she was chastising him for acting so foolishly, uh, you know, dancing and leaping for joy in front of the ark, kind of like John the Baptist, by the way. And of course, we see there in the book of Samuel that she would not bear children until she died. So... So she started she bearing children after her she death. She did not bear children after death. So there's no, there's actually no, uh, no reason to believe that this passage means that Joseph and Mary had relations after she bore our Lord and Savior. Of course, the tradition of the church, which Saint Paul commands us to hold fast to in Second Thessalonians, uh, tells us that in fact Mary was uh, virginal before, during, and after this whole experience. And uh, and there you go. Praise God. So Joseph, by the way. Um, speaking of which, Monday, on Monday morning's first hour show, uh, we're going to have Father Donald Calloway. Of course, he wrote the huge book on the consecration of St. Joseph, and uh, we'll have him on the program, and we'll talk to him not only about uh, Joseph in particular, but also the year of St. Joseph, which uh, His Holiness Pope Francis has declared, and it's kind of a big deal. And Father Calloway wrote the personal letter asking the Holy Father to do that. We have, we have seen that uh, this letter was delivered, and here we go. So, praise be to Jesus. Congratulations to, to uh, Father Calloway. He'll be on the show Monday to discuss that. But coming up here, and we're going to go to break, coming up here next is the Catholic Trivia Game Show, Fear and Trembling. And we're looking for a contestant. There are no calls on. So if you want to be a contestant, possibly winning the pack of children's books for Christmas, thanks to isaiahbooks.co.uk, all you need to do is call 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. You will be put on hold, and then uh, we'll, we'll take the first caller at 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. You don't even need to know the answers to the questions, and I promise today we picked out super easy ones. Did we not? Absolutely. These are the easiest questions I've seen so far. <laughs> so, <laughs> so praise God, uh, and we I, are. I felt uh, a little guilty with Christina yesterday. <laughs> so, so yeah, but right now we have no calls. So praise be to God. The next caller will be our contestant. So you will have the chance to win the bundle of Christmas children's books, perfect gift for grandchildren, nieces, nephews and whatnot. So, praise God. All right, we're going to go to break. We'll be back with Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, helping you to work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. 50-50 chance. Super easy. Call now, 877-757-9424. Taking the first caller at 877-757-9424. Later in the hour, we're going to be talking with uh, pro-life warrior Teresa Kamara about all the pro-life news. Stick around. More of Catholic Drive Time is coming up next. Blessed John Paul II once said, 
As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. <laughs> Praise be to Jesus Christ. I want to thank Mike Romano for voicing our intro for the game show. It's, it gets me laughing every time. Welcome back to Fear and Trembling, uh, Catholic Trivia Game Show. It's the best on radio, I promise you. And the phone lines blew up. So let me just thank everybody who called in uh, to be a contestant on the program. God love you. God bless you. I'm so excited to see all phone lines lit up. That was awesome. So thank you for that. But there'll be more chances. So tune in on Monday, and you'll have another opportunity to be a contestant on the program. So this is how this works. We have three questions, three opportunities to go into the coffee cup of divine providence, as as I like to call it. We should get a camera on the cup so the folks hanging out with us on social media can actually see what the right. cup Right, we'll, we'll get a we'll get like. a whole camera just for the cup. Yeah, we need to get our drive time logo on it first, though. Right. Uh, so we put the <laughs> names. Every right question goes into the cup as a chance to win this week's prize, which is generously donated to us by Isaiah Books, IsaiahBooks.co.uk. It's a bundle of children's books for Christmas, and uh, we're going to uh, be shipping that directly to the winner once we pull their name out of that cup, which we will do today. So that's how that works. Three questions, three opportunities, and here's the kicker. The contestant does not even need to know the answers. Because we don't ask the, the contestant the, the questions. We ask our team here. And filling in for Emily Alcaraz, who is still out, pray for her. She's feeling better, praise God. She'll hopefully be, she'll be back soon. 
But uh, David Magianis, good morning to you. Uh, good morning, and uh, thank you for having me here. How do you feel about your track record all week? You've been doing all right. I mean, um, you've, you've gotten a lot of the questions correct this week, I think. I think so. Uh, well, you you got, know, he got most of them wrong last, yesterday. Hey, most, hey, come on, man. Define <laughs> most wrong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. Hey, I'm trying my best. You're trying. You're doing. You're doing a pretty good job. Thank you. Of course, Adrian Fonseca is also going to be answering questions today. He, he, he has a fairly balanced uh, track record. As yeah, well. I think I got about uh, maybe a forty, forty-five percent. Uh, correction rate. Yeah, the whole something like that. The whole the the question on sin yesterday. You were you were like uh, it was very I, circular. Okay, well response. technically I was not wrong. <laughs> technically so, speaking, so I'll be asking David. I'll be asking Adrian these questions. One of them will have the correct answer, and one of them will have an incorrect answer. Uh, just heads up, uh, pro tip: th- this game is rigged. Okay, we we already know who's right and who's wrong. But the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to to guess, to decide who is right, who is wrong, and if they get it right, they get a chance in the cup. They get three opportunities. So that's how that works. Let's go to the callers. And again, thank you to everyone who called in. There were so many calls on hold. We're so very grateful to all of you. But uh, Jen on line one, thank you for being a part of our program today. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks so much. Jenna, where are you from? I'm from Rockville, Maryland. Rockville? Hey, Maryland's on the <laughs> Praise be to Jesus. Uh, where, do you, where do you go to church yes, there, we, Jen? We go to uh, St. Mary's in Rockville. St. Mary's. And we listen, to your, we listen to your show on my way every morning to drop my daughter off. How uh, wonderful. A, school, a, a Catholic school. Praise oh, be to Jesus. God. Yeah. There we go. Now, uh, Maryland, it must be, what, uh, 40 below zero and eight feet of snow? <laughs> and what does it look like in Maryland right now? And well, you know, the thought of snow has the ability to cancel school. <laughs> Just the mere thought of it. That's us in Houston. Um, <laughs> but, but Wednesday, we were treated to about three, maybe four, maybe four inches of snow. Nice. Wow. My kids. My kids being in school, they actually had two snow days, so they were loving it. Two wow. snow days. It's yeah. beginning to look know, a lot like overnight. Christmas. <laughs> How's that song go? I mean, uh, I, we got stuck in September. We were on a mission trip up to Montana. We got stuck in four and five inches of snow in Wyoming, and my kids thought it was just the best thing ever. So your kids Aww. still act that way, or do they, are they past that? <laughs> um, half are are still into it half our past it <laughs> all right well praise jesus it's time to play the game jen do you understand the rules do you know how this works i do all right here we go we're going to start with david david's first okay uh really super easy question are you sure david are you ready are you sure they're easy they're, they're easy i promise okay david, are I'm, you ready david? i'm ready are you ready i am are ready. ready here we go who <laughs> was the principal author of the book of psalms Who is the principal author of the book of Psalms? Okay, I got it. I'm going with David. Is that that biased? You're just biased? (laughs) I am. I am. So you're on the board for David. I am. And I think you mean the king, right? King David? Exactly. Not David Maggiano. No, 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 no. Uh, King David. Adrian Fonseca, who is the principal author of the book of Psalms? Well, see... Solomon was the the one that was wise, right? So he was the, I'm going to say Solomon, because, you know, the Psalms are incredibly wise words. So I'm going to go with Solomon. Okay. Are you sure? Uh, well, about 20%. 20. <laughs> okay. Adrian's on the board for Solomon. David is on the board for David. Who saw that coming? Uh, but it doesn't matter. It only matters what Jen thinks. Of Jen, who's right, who's wrong? 15 seconds. What say you? 
I'm going to go with David. David. Survey says... Congratulations. You are already in the cup, the uh, the coffee cup of divine providence. (laughs) You get two more chances, though, and thanks to isaiahbooks.co.uk for donating this week's prize, which is a a pack of Christmas books for children. All right, next question. Uh, Adrian, we'll start with you. Is chastity one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So this is hard. I always get the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit confused. Yes. So I'm going to go, I'm going to say no. 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 You're on the board for no. No chastity, no fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay, David, your turn. Is chastity one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Yes. See. Yes. That was a very confident yes. quick what? answer. What am I seeing? See. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. David is on the board for yes. Chastity is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Adrian is saying no. And I don't know. Is it because you're young and single? I'm not sure why you're saying uh, that. But. Chastity is nothing to do with celibacy. Okay. Just for the record. All right. Very good. Uh, but Jen, who's right? Who's wrong? You got 15 I've seconds got on the clock. Jen, what say you? Uh, <laughs> I'm going with David again. You're, you're going with David again. You're confident in that, huh? Okay. Uh, survey says. Woo! Oh, man. It's very astute and very wise. Very wise. Okay, here we go. Third question. Jen, your, your chances are pretty good here. You're in the cup for two opportunities. Last chance to get in the cup. Here we go. Third question. David, back to you. What are the three gifts that the infant Jesus received from the Magi? Okay, three gifts. All right, I'm going to go with uh, gold, myrrh, silver? You're, on, you're sure? No, Last, silver. You want to phone a friend? Can I? No. Okay. <laughs> okay, so you're on for gold, myrrh, and silver. Yeah, silver, you know, I think, silver. you know. You know, silver. like the song. Silver. <laughs> right. Silver bells. Maybe that's where it came from. Who knows? Maybe. Okay. Adrian... Uh, the three gifts that the Magi gave to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, what were they? Well, it's awesome because uh, the the three gifts that the Magi brought were related to the offices of priest, prophet, and king, and also related to uh, looking forward to his passion. It's gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All right, so David's on for gold, myrrh, and silver. Yeah, you know, never know. (laughs) Silver and gold. Adrian, you're confusing me. Adrian is on with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yes, sir. I hope that's not confusing to Jen. Not confusing at all. Who's got 15 seconds to decide who's right, who's wrong. (laughs) Jen, what say you? Adrian is right. Finally, someone voted for me. I I don't know what she's thinking, but the survey says... (laughs) Perfect score. Three for three. Wow. Wow. Praise be to Jesus. Jen, you did it. Congratulations. Thank you. I am super excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and today we're going to pull the names. You, I'm very glad that you recapped the names because I was like, who said what? I, I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It can be very confusing. Try being the host who woke up at 3 a.m. All right. Just saying. Okay. So this is the way, way it's going to work is we'll, we'll take your name. We'll put them into the, the, the coffee cup of divine providence. We'll mix them all up. And uh, we're going to go to a break. We come back. We'll have breaking news and stories with Fran Fawcett. And then we'll draw a name out on the other side of that. So you have to stick around and listen to see if you won or who won from this week's contestants. All the names are going to be in the cup. But, Jen, God love you. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of our program from Maryland. 
Thank you so much. Have a blessed day and Christmas. Yes, Merry Christmas to you and uh, good morning to you. Have a great day. And uh, dear listener, uh, stick around. We'll be more chances to win. We're so grateful to everyone who called in. Seeing the phone lines light up like that was amazing. We'll be right back with breaking stories, news, and pro-life. All coming up on the other side of the break. Captain Drive Time. Like they do many other Marian dogmas, Protestants reject Mary as the mother of God because they don't think it's scriptural. But if there's any Marian dogma that's biblical, it's Mary the mother of God. Consider Luke 143, where Elizabeth greets Mary as the mother of my Lord. As any Bible student knows, Lord is the title that the Jews used for Yahweh. But Protestants object that Lord can also be used for an earthly ruler. Although this is true, I think the context suggests the divine usage. The three times the word is used before verse 43, verses 28, 32, and 38, and the three times it's used after verse 43, verses 46, 58, and 68, it's used in reference to Almighty God. So does the Bible teach Mary is the mother of God? You bet it does. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that sometimes it's hard to get along with your family? That sometimes the people in your family are downright uncongenial? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that is precisely why the family is so important. Because it is often uncongenial. Every family is filled with the same problematical people that you find everywhere else. And so... Anyone revolting against the family is simply revolting against mankind. As Chesterton says, Aunt Elizabeth is unreasonable, like mankind. Papa is excitable, like mankind. Our youngest brother is mischievous, like mankind. And so, if we can get along with our family, we can get along with anyone. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Good morning, I'm Fran Fawcett with your Catholic Headlines. The fight to cancel Christmas is ongoing, according to the head of the EWTN Media Network. CEO Michael Warsaw is encouraging Christians to be hopeful and filled with joy, saying Christmas can never be canceled by politicians. Warsaw said while the Supreme Court has provided some relief against draconian restrictions, the fight to cancel Christmas goes on. President Trump is doing his part to promote Christmas. By executive order, he has made Christmas Eve a federal holiday, giving employees the day off with pay. Christmas Day is already a federal holiday. Nevada may not treat churches differently than casinos, bowling alleys, and other businesses. So says the Ninth Court of Appeals. In Nevada, casinos, restaurants, and bars are limited to 25% of their capacity while houses of worship can admit no more than 50 people, even if this is less than 25%. The case was brought by Calvary Chapel, Dayton Valley. The Vatican is permitting priests to say up to four masses on three upcoming holy days, Christmas, the Solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, and the Epiphany, to accommodate more worshipers amid the pandemic. According to the Code of Canon Law, priests ordinarily may celebrate mass just once per day. 
the Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. had challenged the limit of only 50 people at religious services. Now, our nation's Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception will be allowed to be 2.5% full. That's right, 2.5%. The Basilica normally can accommodate 10,000 people. Under the D.C. COVID restrictions, only 250 may attend Mass at a time. So-called Catholic leaders got together for a seminar about the Vatican's McCarrick Report. An assortment of Catholic theology professors, journalists, and others discussed the report on the serial predator, ex-Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. Most spoke affectionately of McCarrick and directed their ire at papal critic Archbishop Carlo Vigano and at Pope John Paul II. Pope Francis is calling for a culture of care in his message for the 2021 World Day of Peace. The Pope wrote that he envisioned this culture of care as a way to combat what he calls the culture of indifference, waste, and confrontation so prevalent in our time. He encouraged world leaders to use these principles as a compass to lead the way to a more humane future in the process of globalization. The World Day of Peace is celebrated each year on January the 1st. A Catholic bishop in Poland presided Saturday at a funeral mass for 640 unborn children. They were then buried in a nearby cemetery. A heated dispute continues in Poland over abortion. And another case of patients' access to clergy at hospitals resolved by the Department of Health and Human Services. A Jewish advocacy group filed the discrimination complaint against Mount Sinai Health Systems, which operates seven hospitals in New York. In one of several cases, a Jewish patient requested a spiritual care volunteer for comfort after giving birth to a stillborn baby, but was denied. The Office of Civil Rights says it helped the hospital system, allowing visitation for clergy. The director said, quote, We applaud the hospital for ensuring that it will treat the needs of the body without sacrificing the needs of the soul. And those are your headlines, Joe. Day two. Wow. <laughs> Fran, you're making it look too easy. You're making it look too easy. It's not easy, is it? It's early. It's you, difficult. And then you got to rewrite the stories. And yeah. then, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah then you got to then you got to pronounce them. <laughs> Good <laughs> luck. Good luck. You noticed I, there I, was no name of that Polish show. I, yes, <laughs> for sure. I, you know, back in the day, Fran, uh, in, uh, my first radio gig, morning show, 1997, uh, WHOB in Nashua, I was having to read the sports. People would call and curse me out because I would obliterate these these hockey players' names, you know, because I could never get them right. It was terrible. Yeah, and the pronunciation guides they gave you on, on, on the wire services were never helpful. Never. No. never. Nobody spells phonetically on those things. Exactly. Like, hello! Anyway, Fran Fawcett, God love you. God bless you. Thanks for being a part of our program. It was fun. All right, uh, Teresa Kamara, good morning to you. Good morning. Yeah. No, we got to turn your mic on. Good morning, <laughs> good morning to you. Joe. It's good to have you on the program again. It's good to be back. Yeah, Pro Life News from Warrior. That's your new title. Oh wow! Yeah. I'm very Is flattered. Is that a promotion? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Well, for uh, for those of us uh, those who don't maybe understand who Tracy Kamara is, she is my old co-host from my previous program, which is Jaron Live Mondays, which we put to an end just last uh, week in uh, in true uh, true fashion and style. You know, so that I was think a lot you of compared fun. it to um, Little, Little House, House on, on the, the Prairie. Prairie. Oh no! The final episode. Google that. It was it see. was so much more intense than Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> so much more intense. Yeah, wow, I think that was so. pretty intense. <laughs> it's pretty intense. But all right, so it's good to have you back. We're going to be chatting about all the pro-life news here in a moment. But before we do that, I want to pull the winner of this week's prize pack, thanks to IsaiahBooks.com. 
www.ghostbusters.co.uk. Isaiah Books has generously underwritten this this week's prize pack for the game show, and it's a book of children's uh, Christmas books, and we're going to be having that mailed directly to the winner. And Adrian has, or actually David, transferred the coffee cup of divine providence into a giant bowl. And now Adrian is going to pull from the bowl a name, and that person will be the winner, and we'll let them know. If you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, you can see uh, me shaking the bowl. If you're listening, you can hear the paper rattling, and let's see what we got. All right, let's do it. I need drums. Oh, yeah. I said I was going to get a drum roll for we next time. Did I didn't that, do yeah. it. Never did that. All right. I just grabbed one. Oh, wow. It was our listener today, Jen. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh, go. Oh, winner. There we go. <laughs> Congratulations, Jen. And thank you to everyone who played and was such a, a super sport, having fun with us to learn a little bit about our faith. We, we, you know, we have a hidden agenda. So if you can keep this between us and not tell the world, I'd appreciate that. But our hidden agenda is that we get to share a little bit about the faith and we all get to learn a little bit, have a laugh doing it, and give away stuff. So there you go. Uh, there'll be more opportunities starting next week. So it was so awesome to see the phone lines light up this morning. Uh, it was like an early Christmas Especially present. Especially so early. Yeah, praise be to Jesus. <laughs> so if you want your opportunity to be in next week's with a whole new prize, well, tune in on Monday, 6 a.m. to 7, 6 a.m. to 8 Central, 7 to 9 Eastern for Catholic Drive Time. All right, uh, Teresa Kamara, praise God. Uh, what's new in your life? Well, there's a lot going on, um, but the number one thing that we just launched uh, yesterday, we announced officially the 40 Days for Life. Mm-hmm. As Houston begins again, we're uh, co-sponsoring with the Archdiocese of Galveston-Houston here locally. Um, with Houston Coalition for Life. and um, But internationally, yesterday was the last day to sign up, um, at least as far as I'm aware, for the 40 Days for Life International. So um, we'll see how many hundreds of people uh, sign up to be leaders around the world. And we last... Uh, four days for life. They actually saw over 700 babies saved. Wow. Um, yeah. And that's from peaceful prayer and just reaching out to people. And if, if yeah. you feel like you're like, whoa, I have to, I want to be able to offer these women, you know, practical solutions. I don't just want to stand out there and pray. You know, it's important to remember prayer is the most effective tool that we have because before a woman can actually go through a physical abortion, she goes through a mental and spiritual abortion. And so we need God to reverse that. And also, if you are looking for practical aid uh, to reach out to them, there's Sidewalk Advocates for Life. They are um, national and mm. they are amazing in their training. And then if you're local in Houston, um, of course, we have a free uh, sidewalk counselor training that's coming up in January, and I know the Archdiocese does one as well. That's so. amazing. Praise mm-hmm. God for that. That's exciting. 700 babies. Over 700 babies internationally, and then wow. just here in Houston, we consistently see over 100 women choose life every single 40 days for life. No kidding. Um, so yeah, this last time around, I'm um, counting. So we actually have, so at Houston Coalition for Life, we have two mobile units that offer the free pregnancy test, free ultrasounds, and um, resources for these women. And we... So with those two, we actually saw 150 women choose life this last 40 days for life. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure there's a 40 days for life campaign all across our listening area. So what an opportunity to get signed up for the next one. Yes. And you can check that out at 40daysforlife.com. And then for us, it's forward slash local 
campaigns forward slash Houston. Did you see the big gathering at the White House? Uh, um, Vice President Pence had invited all these pro-life leaders to come gather at the White House. I think that's where they announced that they were withholding $200 million from California for uh, for violating uh, religious uh, uh, conscious ex- exemptions to say, I don't want to be a part of a abortion, and, and uh, California forbids that, and so the White House is withholding money. And we're very happy with the current administration as far as their, their willingness to support the pro-life movement, for their willingness to support freedom of conscience. And mm-hmm. that's one of the big concerns that we have um, with um with Biden's potential nomination of the of Becerra for HHS uh, secretary, because he has definitely been very active in fighting against conscience uh, freedoms for doctors. And um, he was really pushing in California for pregnancy centers, crisis pregnancy centers to uh, promote abortion as well. And so it's very important for us to continue to pray and continue to be on the street and, and being able to practice the freedom that we have right now. And actually, one of the on a on a highlight point from this past week. Mm-hmm. I was super, super excited with Massachusetts um, as their House rejected the governor's ruling, um, the, his pro-abortion measure, um, and they totally passed um, a, in a vote of 49 to 107, uh, which is a veto-proof majority to to stop the, the pro-abortion measures that have been put in place by that governor. Um, also, um, if you are wanting to get involved um, through the March for Life, I highly recommend. This is kind of like your last two weeks. You know, you're kind of we're kind of winding down to the March for Life in D.C. Um, and or I should say winding up to the March <laughs> for Life in D.C. We're getting close. Yeah, and so um, it's together strong life unites is their theme, and so I also encourage you to to just continue to pray for the women that are going into the abortion facility today. I know I, I was talking, I was able to go out to the sidewalk twice this week with different people. And, and uh, one of the women that I spoke with um, kept focusing in on, you know, she wanted to talk to her husband and that she thought this was a very important decision to make with her husband. Mm. And I think it's important for us to keep in mind that, you know, as we look at the legislative situations, as we look at, you know, trying to have answers and, and, and gearing up for these pro-life events that are going to be happening in, in January, um, whether it's at the state capitals or whether it's at the in D.C., you know, we need to be able to have that heart and that care for these women that are right in front of us, um, because whenever they're making this decision, this is a life and death decision. And Mm. it's not like it has no moral consequences. There are some major, major moral consequences. There are some major physical consequences. Um, And I have personally picked up 911 calls coming out of the largest abortion facility in the Western Hemisphere. Um, And so... So keep on praying and keep on being there for these women in your day-to-day life. Hold that thought. We're going to come back from this short break. On the other side, we'll continue our conversation with Teresa Kamara about the pro-life news. There's a couple of stories that I would like to chat about. The rapper telling a fan to get rid of her, her baby in her womb. Lila Rose confronts the White House. All that coming up on the other side of the break. More Catholic Drive Time coming up next. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart, an education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition, an education that ennobles and enables students in the pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs are available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. 
Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Do you remember writing your Christmas wish list as a child and wondering what Santa would bring? In many developing countries like Haiti, most children don't make Christmas lists and they don't expect Christmas gifts. Often, every penny their parents earn must go to their basic needs like food, shelter, and water. Now picture the joy of surprising a child with their first Christmas gift. You can spark that magical moment by sending them a box of joy at boxofjoy.org. A rosary and the story of Jesus is included in every box of joy. Give today at boxofjoy.org. We have got some good news. The new version of the Guadalupe Radio Network app is out now. The new version offers big improvements with even more on the way. You'll be able to find and listen to your station no matter where you are and switch between our English and Spanish stations with ease. Missed your favorite GRN show? You can find all past episodes as podcasts on the app. To download or update the app, search your app store for the Guadalupe Radio Network. It's great to be on with you in our last segment for today. And for this week, praise God, we survived the week already. Uh, uh, Teresa Kamara is on, our, our pro-life expert for the show. You like that one better? <laughs> it's nice. We I mean, decide on your title. Pro-life expert, pro-life warrior. We, we, you got it. We got a business card. How about Saint in the Making? <laughs> Saint in the Making. Well, well said. Uh, there's a couple of stories uh, just in the news about pro-life that I wanted to chat about. Uh, one is this crazy story. About a rapper who tells a fan, a pregnant fan, to get rid of the unborn baby. Mm. This is absolutely insane. It's insulting. The entertainer's name is Lil Nas X. uh, And he told a fan that they should get rid of their baby in their womb. And it's very tragic because I think it illustrates our culture today. And it's consumeristic, selfish the pleasure now type of culture? Well, part of the challenge is like if a person is inconvenient to you, how do you cut them off? And that's that's really a huge problem right now because whenever we devalue another human being and don't try to also be there to help build them up, like it can also mentally turn against us as far as like it can be like, well, if I'm not good enough for this person, are they going to cut me off? You know, rather than finding... so So then you have this this fear of being wrong or this fear of yeah. not being enough. Yeah. And so, and that's already in our human nature to some extent anyway, but like it adds to that. And so mm. it's important to say like, if you can see that someone around you is building up that, that weakest person that's in your group, yeah. then you trust them. There's a trust built there. And it's not that they're hanging in there um, to say like, whatever goes, because that's the other part of this is that on the one hand, they're saying this person's inconvenient. They're in the way. They're not, quote unquote, wanted. But on the other hand, it's like they they personally want to be able to do whatever they can do for with no with no consequences. And so so it's it's um definitely critical to keep in mind that. God made each one of us. He made each of us with a purpose. And that child, I don't know what the circumstances are that the rapper would, I because I didn't see this particular story. But It was a Twitter battle, as uh, they okay. always are, <laughs> between so, him and live action. Uh, oh, okay. you know, live action was just trying to get involved to say, no, hum- human beings 
they're made in, in with dignity and they matter and people do care that when babies are being murdered in abortion and every life matters it's not just some lives it's all lives right. matter no matter the circumstances and getting rid of it for selfish purposes is not the answer it's it's definitely causing more problems not uh, giving us good good answers to our problems in life so i don't know that was a little interesting story cuz I, I say that to say as parents you know, this is why I, as a dad, am very careful about the entertainment that my children partake mm-hmm. in. And, uh, you know, there's a little funny thing goes on in my house that we call it the, the things that dad won't regret on his deathbed. <laughs> you know, I won't regret not giving them more internet. I won't regret not giving them, you know, more, more video game time. I won't regret not letting them have connected devices uh, all the time, un- unfiltered, uncensored access in my home. And <clears throat> and I always say that when they grow up and they move out, well, they're, f- they're free to eat pizza all day. They're free to, to play video games and, you know, do whatever they're going to do. And hey, I'll come over to their place and do my laundry in their washer and dryer and waste their electricity and eat but, their pizza. But I think there's something more to that. Just, I mean, there's something to the fact that, like, we're, whenever you have children, um, and like I can see this with my nieces, um, we're training the children of the future for, I mean, the, that are here right now for their future life. So we're teaching them that responsibility. Right. And part of the responsibility of living is being able to take care of someone who's vulnerable, who's weaker, and how to respond to that person. Yes. And, um, and that's also, as we respond to them, we also reflect that back on ourselves. Mm. And so if people, you know, it's not really a surprise whenever people falsely think that, you know, if they're pro-abortion, they falsely think that pro-lifers are these mean, horrible people because, and that they're, they're attacking because there is this sense of like pointing back at themselves. You know, like they, they have seen their own actions. They've seen what they can justify and they want to believe that someone else is going to justify the same, the same issues. Yeah. There's this throwaway momentum. And so there's this, this drive for pleasure my way, no matter what. And so they're kind of anticipating that from the other side. And the yeah. thing is, pro-lifers, no, as pro-lifers, we need to be able to embrace the person as they are, but also to not just leave them there, like to also direct them back to God and to direct yeah. them back to the, the potential that they have, because people have amazing potential. And that was one of the things that um, I was t- telling this one lady recently that who was considering abortion she was saying some i said something about her being so sweet because she really was and i was like you're obviously a great mom for the kids that you have and and she said um well i'm not as sweet as you are and i was like well you know it's amazing about the human person is that we all you know we all are unique we each have our own qualities we each have our own gifts that we're bringing to the world and i said and this person that's inside of you Amen. is not going to be it, like there's no repeatable person no for them repeatable person. and so they're a unique gift for you and and so yeah but i think i think um i know you were talking about approaching the topic of how Lila Rose addressed the White House. Yes. Yeah, so speaking of live action and speaking of Twitter battles, yeah. uh, she sent out a tweet. Nearly, She says on this tweet, nearly all the COVID vaccines are being created either with aborted babies or being tested on aborted babies. I don't expect pro-abort bankrollers to care, but where was the supervision by the pro-life government the pro-life government entities backing this atrocity. And she attacks uh, the vice president and Donald Trump on this tweet. And I, ha- I agree. You know, we rushed the COVID vaccine process because we wanted to bring relief. And f- OK, fine. The, the intention is well enough. However, um, 
They uh, she this article which I'm looking at from LifeSite News. Uh, Michael Haynes is the author of this. We'll link to it at facebook.com forward slash grn online. He says this in the article: the Pfizer vaccine, which has received emergency use authorizations, uh, Moderna has as well, by the way, from the Food and Drug Administration less than a week ago, is linked to abortion through its testing. Uh, Dr. Helen Watt of the uh, Enscombe Bioethics Center in Oxford, England, told the Catholic Herald that the Pfizer vaccine makes no use of a fetal cell line in the production process itself and no use in the design, but that the one of the confirmatory lab tests of the vaccine did sadly involve old fetal cell lines. Moderna used even more in their process than Pfizer did. Well, and that's one of the things that um, as the bishops are coming out and and discussing this and, and pointing out that if you have a high need, like you have a, you're very, very concerned about your immune system, then you're morally able to take something because it's the only thing available the thing is as soon as we as soon as we're looking at that and we're having this discussion all of a sudden the ones that are you know interested in gaining the money they're like well we got there first so it doesn't really matter how we got there and so there there's the whole ends justify the means issue and that is a huge huge problem and so one of the things um the Houston Coalition for Life did. Uh, we have a board member who put together a COVID vaccine list that specifically outlines um, the ones, the COVID vaccines that do use the aborted fetal tissue in production and then those that are using it in testing. And so um, if you're interested in checking that out, it's on our homepage right now at HoustonCoalition.com. So that way you can see what is um, out there right now. Mm. Also, it's important to keep in mind um, there there is so much experimentation being done and attempted to be justified using the aborted baby baby parts um and this is not a new thing i know bishop strickland just recently tweeted um these are these are crimes against humanity that should be prosecuted silence in the face of these atrocities simply adds to the evil wake up america demand that this stops now and i appreciate i think that there's something really important that's being missed in this conversation and one is the remote uh because people talk about it being a remote cooperation with sin and therefore it's morally permissible the problem is it's only more morally permissible if it's a grave matter that they must do. And it's the only thing available. And it's the only thing available. And, and with 99 that, plus percent right. of people surviving this. Exactly. Is it really as grave as they suggest? And not only that, but also the difference, because people always compare it to like, uh, oh, use railroads built by slaves and things like that. And the difference being that the atrocity is still going on. We still have <laughs> yeah. abortion happening yeah. right. all across the world. Right. Millions of babies dying. And it's dying. still being used for research. Exactly. Yeah. So Three minutes to go and the rest of the program and uh and wow this is a, a troubling conversation because there's so much pressure on us to just be good citizens and and think of your neighbor and go get the shot and and yet i don't want to participate with anything that that participated with the evil of abortion well and part of the challenge too is if they are gonna get if they get their way and you're paying for this anyways they're not why would they change their mind you know like you have we have to support those who vaccines that do not use the aborted baby parts and the research that does not use the aborted baby parts. And the thing is, it's not just one. A lot of people are like, well, it's that one, you know, from the 80s. I'm like, okay, look, it's a hundred for one vaccine. I know we talked about that with with Debbie Vintage. Um, And so... You know, going back to Jaron Alive days. But, yeah. um, we talked to Dr. Teresa Dyson not all that long yes. ago either. 
Uh, so we've had several conversations about the And the, the thing is, they're, they're doing all kinds of research where they're taking the baby's hearts. I saw a video where they actually had successfully taken the, the unborn child's heart and stuck it into a, a mouse that, and it was beating. And it was just, it's sickening. I mean, but the thing is, if we justify babies being used as parts, mm. that's where the problem lies. We need to yes. remain focused on the dignity of the human person because we are more than the sum of our parts. And the dignity of the human person, I think, is the ultimate key to all issues in life and society. When we see the dignity of the human person uh, from conception to a natural death, we can start to address some of the major issues in our day and the complications of society from that perspective versus just a purely political perspective right. or a secular perspective. But uh, that's going to have to do it for today's conversation because that music means we're out of time. But uh, Teresa Kamara, God love you. God bless you. Thanks for being back on the show. Well, thank you, Joe, for having me. We'll see you next Friday. It'll be a regular yes. uh, Pro-Life Friday uh, yes, segment yes. there. I want to thank all those who hung out with us for these last two hours online on air on your mobile or even on grnonline.com we're very grateful to you i'm thinking of you glenn trahan celebrating 44 years of marriage today with diane praise be to jesus christ 44 years that's amazing i've been married 20 and i'm like wow 44 seems like incredible so uh, god love you god bless you and thank you everybody monday's show is going to be very good uh father donald calloway will be our guest in the first hour on monday and so i want you to be a part of that make sure you come back 6 a.m central 7 eastern on air online or on your mobile catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired we'll see you then god bless you thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.